Hello, world. Welcome to this week's episode of Golf Subpar. I am Colt Nost, as always, joined by the one and only Drew Stoltz. Drew, how we living, bud? Good to be with you, my man. Living okay, living living correct, waiting for this corona to end. I feel like we're getting near the... I can see light at the end of, end of the tunnel, at least. There is some live golf coming soon, which is uh, good news for us, but... Keeping on, keeping on. We got a great interview this week with local legend Kevin Streelman and one other special guest, Colty. Yes, the young 12-year-old sensation Pete Myers, who just played at a massive match against the one and only Riggs from Barstool Sports. Can't wait to hear what Pete has to say about his victory over Riggs. But uh, like you said, big interview coming your way, coming off a huge interview with John Daly. But first, we must address one thing, and that is one of our first ever guests, John Rom reached out to you and had a little complaint about one of our one of our guests recently. This is great, dude. So I'm sitting around last week doing nothing per usual, sitting around, phone rings, a text, look down, John Rom. Like, okay, maybe he wants to play golf or something. Click it open. He's like, hey, dude, um, just catching up on some of the podcasts here, watching the Brian Erlacher video, uh, watching the Brian Erlacher video, how the hell did I not get picked for the football team? And I was like, at first it didn't register. I was like, what are you talking about? I write back, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, you just drafted a whole team and I didn't get picked for anything. He starts rattling off his stats to me. He's like, I'm 6'3", 220 pounds. I've never been injured before. He's like, I was like the GM of the team or something like that. He's like rattling off why I should be on the team. And I was like, yeah, dude, shit. Like, you're absolutely right. Like, you should have been on that team. And he's like, what's Erlacher's number? I want to text him. And I was like, okay, maybe. And he's like, actually, hold on. I think I got it. And he sends me the number. And I was like, yep, that's it. And he's like, I'm texting him now. And then he responds back later with a snapshot of uh, what Erlacher said. And he's like, you're absolutely right. That's why I'd be a shitty GM. Yeah. <laughs> so he mean, was like legit mad. Come to think of it, he is a big boy. Like, I mean, he could definitely probably, especially amongst PGA Tour players, he could suit up and handle himself on the football field. Yeah, if we were redrafting right now, like it was all spur of the moment, but like Rom probably needs to be plugged in the middle somewhere. Big body. Yeah, for big sure. Big base. He never he might turn into like a sensation like Tom Brady. Like he can plug the hole. And the fact that he's competitive enough to like watch an interview where we're doing like a make-believe fictional golf football draft and being like, yo, why am I not on that team? That's why that kid's, he's a killer, dude. He wants to, he was competitive with everything. I love it. But <laughs> all right, Drew, it's time to welcome in a very special guest, 12-year-old Pete Myers, who is now an internet sensation after beating the one and only Riggs from Barstool Sports at Pinehurst just the other day. Pete, how we doing? Good, how are you? I'd just like to say thank you so much for letting me on your show. This is awesome. Oh, oh it's a privilege to have you. Thanks for taking the time. And I think the world wants to know, tell us a little bit more about this match. I know you won three and two, but uh, was it ever that close? Um, at the start of the back nine, um, I was one up and uh, I knew I just had to make a bunch of pots and I knew how to just keep playing my game. Uh, to stay in that match, and I finished him off on 16, and I called the three putt on 15. So I love it. Nice, That's awesome. I heard you were kind of generous with some of his putts. Why? Why were you, I would have been way harder on him. No gimmies for Riggs. Yeah, I've I've, uh, I've never played match play before. So oh, okay, that's fair. Well, it sounds like you got a big future in it, Pete. Let me ask you this. After playing 18 holes with Riggs, if you were his coach, what part of his game do you think needs the most work? Um, I see. I think he did really well, but just none of the putts were falling. Um, he is a really good golfer, and it it wasn't easy to. Uh, Man, we got to teach you some trash talking. <laughs> you got to be meaner to he Riggs. Is. This is the most polite champion I've ever met. <laughs> 
I love it. But by the way, I don't know if you remember, we met a few years ago out at Greyhawk. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, my brother's Junior League Championship. Yeah, out at Greyhawk. That was a really fun time. Myself, Jeff Ogilvy, and Graham Dillette did a little wedge clinic ah. kind of thing. Great champions all in of one course. place. Is Has Colt been an inspiration to you, Pete, <laughs> as you get going in uh, your golf career? You don't have to lie, Pete. <laughs> uh I mean, yeah, you're a PGA Tour player. You worked really hard to get there, so. Well, thanks, Pete. When uh, when are you going to be playing next? What's what ne What's your next tournament? Um, since uh, since of the virus, um, I actually it got canceled because of the virus. I was supposed to play in the um, it's called the Junior Ryder Cup, oh, and wow. it's at oh, Deerfield wow. Village. Awesome, man. Hey, well, we good look for you. We look forward to seeing you do big things in your golf career, and we appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah, thank you so much. You Absolutely. Luck, Keep Pete. up the good play, man. Sleazy, what a <laughs> nice kid. He's so much nicer than I definitely was at 12, year olds, 12 years old and than I am now. Absolutely. Honest. Any match I win ever, I make sure I rub it in the other person's mm -hmm. face because I don't know when it's ever going to come back again, especially if I was 12 years old and, and beat a guy who's big on the internet, big in the golf world. I, I would make sure everyone knew about it. Couldn't be a classier kid. He's going places. I need, be work jumping off point. I need him to work on his trash dog. We got to have a little bit of hate out He's there. He's very media savvy for a 12 year old. He's like, hey, sure. I had to play really well. Hats off to Riggs. He's a great competitor. Yeah. <laughs> that was great, though. But special thanks to Pete for joining us on Golf Subpar. Our guest this week, Kevin Streelman, two time PGA Tour winner and actually winner of an, an awesome thing the PGA Tour used to do called the Kodak Challenge. I'm going to ask him all about that. But he's one of our favorite interviews I think we've had. He was great. Oh, he was incredible. He's coming off the heels of John Daly. Big shoes to fill. He was great. Got some. We got some stories that like you and I were around him a lot just because he lives here locally. Some stories I'd never heard before that were really good. Some, well, some pranks from a aforementioned guest, possibly. I love it. Well, let's get right to it. Here's Kevin Streelman on Golf Subpar. All right. It's time to walk, welcome in our next guest to the Subpar podcast. We've got Kevin Streelman, two-time PGA Tour winner. Kodak Challenge Kodak winner, Challenge, by the way. That is a big right. one that it people was. don't remember, and I'm a big fan of the Kodak <laughs> Challenge. And also two-time champion of the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am right. with the one, the only, Larry Fitzgerald. Kevin, welcome to the program. Cole, please, it's an honor. Oh, it's an honor to have you. We're yeah. going to ask you uh, Larry Fitzgerald questions for the next hour and a half, so and this is going to be a blast. I'm used to that. <laughs> this yeah. is going to be a blast. This is, this is one thing I don't think a lot of the people out there know, okay? He's a proud alumnus of the Duke University. He is one of only 11 Delta Sigma Phi fraternity brothers to become a professional athlete. Is that right? Wow. In the history of the fraternity. So obviously your fraternity was a bunch of nerds. <laughs> that wasn't the jock fraternity <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, I was not the jock frat. Right wow. I don't remember much in my fraternity. Who are the other 10? I don't know. I never heard <laughs> of any like of them. It's like a chess champion. Yeah. I honestly never heard of any of them except for Kevin Streel. Except Strelman. for Streel. <laughs> so That's congratulations. A, how'd you find that? I got skills. Bro. All right, dig it up. <laughs> dig it up. What was the stereotype of the Delta? What was it? We were Delta, Delta, Delta Sig. Delta Sig. We so were what like, were you guys? Like mostly Northeastern, a lot of New Yorkers. Like, mm, okay. Like in, sons of investment bankers kinda, and stuff, that type of kinda, stuff. Guys I mean, that, a lot smarter 11 pro athletes all time makes, makes the, more sense. The fraternity <laughs> had been around since like 1934 and they've got 11. But they have <laughs> they have 780 CEOs. Yep. So yeah, exactly. that's they're not important. Okay. <laughs> right. We're talking about athletes. Yeah, good point. But good welcome point. to the program. This is on I mean, you're one of my favorite people. I love talking to you, so this is going to be great. You also went to Duke University, which our wonderful producer, Mark, is not a big fan of, just to throw that out there. It's fine. 
That's he's not the only okay, one. Then. Yeah, you probably mm-hmm. get a little bit of that. You I do. would think you do. So yeah. we might as well get right into it. What was it like going to Duke? And obviously Man. one of the most legendary basketball schools of all yeah, time. Yeah, and I was there just the greatest years. 97 to 01. That was I was the same year as Shane Battier. Um, we're talking like Elton Brand, Corey Maggette, Will Avery, Chris Duhon, Jason Williams. I mean, they beat Decent. they beat everybody. And the ninety nine team, they lost to UConn in the championship. That was that was a bummer. But the best the best ever, my senior year, oh one. We played Augusta State's tournament the weekend prior to the Masters. So they gave all the kids Monday passes to the Masters. So spent all Monday, my senior year, I'd never been there before at Augusta, walking around watching Duval, Tiger, 01, like top of their games. We drive back to Duke that afternoon and then they win the national championship. Pretty decent That's day. a good Seven day. It the greatest 24 hours. It's a standard ever. day in a college kid's life. Memorable. That's kind unreal. Memorable. Were you like, uh, I know you, like every guy that goes to Duke is an enormous basketball guy, but at the time, were you like, camp out in Shoseskiville for tickets type of diehard I did, dude? I did that one night. I was trying to play golf, pledge a fraternity, and do the 10 out for the basketball ticket. It just one was, step at a time. One, one had to go, and it was the basketball tickets. But fortunately, the line monitor, who's like the most powerful dude at Duke, yeah. <laughs> ended up being a big golfer. We found that out. So we would slide him to the golf course, you know, oh. get him out in the back nine, get him a, a quick Brian. round, and then we would – We'd get, you know. So I'm glad you brought that up. The so how powerful was this guy? He was pretty powerful. So, I mean, if, if he wanted to let you to the front you, of the line, you got yeah, in. Yeah, you got in. And if he didn't it. like you, you back the of the back. line, you don't even know if you're getting in. What's, like, the longest someone will camp out for? Like, people. I mean, the season starts, what, end of January, pretty mm-hmm. like the like the ACC, the big games. Their kids tending out before Christmas break. Oh, my God. Dude, that's insane to me. Cra- yeah. And, like, cold yeah. temperatures and tense. Yeah. Finals, like- too. Like, they're studying in there. Like, it's crazy. See, producer Mark, that's why they're so great. They've got great fans. <laughs> that's Duke, true. What Williams. kind of what kind of stuff do you have to slide the line monitor to, to get access? You, so you like, give is them it a, is 18 it balls? holes of golf. Just, maybe, yeah, maybe a dozen balls or something. Oh. Slightly used. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how great of tickets you'd get right now with all the golf balls you got? Yeah. Scotty Cameron's. I know you're a big Scotty Cameron collector. Yes. Yeah, that thing is impressive. How many Camerons do you have? Is that, is that an Paul Vazanko, if you're listening, don't or don't listen. Mute this real quick. I both my wins were using Scotties. Okay, so that's good. So how many do you have total though? Um, in the neighborhood of sixty-five. So. I'll take the over. You're totally wrong. Here, <laughs> that was an undersell. <laughs> totally. You, they just hang out in the garage. Just, what do you do? You uh, ever pull one out and be like, "Oh, this is the do. one." I do. I. It's fun. My favorite one, like the one I finished. Hartford with is just a beetle off the rack. Literally, be on eBay for eight dollars right now. I tried to get the nice circle tees and the cool stuff to match it, and never, never looked the same, never felt the same as the one that was. I probably used over half of my tour starts. Which one did Newport you? Two. Which one did you use to birdie the last seven at Travelers to win with that um, one? Newport okay. two stainless steel, probably like oh three oh four. They right off out. the rack. Right off the rack. See you people out there that all want these fancy putters. The regular ones work just as good. Mm-hmm. Where's that one now? Is that in a special spot? I do know where that one spot? is. It's, it's in the basement, kind of in the corner. Yeah, keep that one Try tucked. and keep it from the... My son goes down there and just destroys everything, so I got to be very careful. Yeah, keep that one tucked. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, we, we brought up Larry. We got to do a little bit of Larry talk. You won two times now at the AT&T Pebble Beach with him. How For everybody else out there, how did you and Larry first get linked up to be like, yo, let's let's start playing in this? Colt knows. I mean, you, well, you both know. He, he only picked up the game probably six, seven years ago. Soon after, his dream was to join Whisper Rock and became buddies with Greg. And 
Greg said, once you break 90, you can join Whisper Rock. So I, mean, I think he called him that afternoon. He played at PV or something and shot the 89. Ganey Ranch, got, I believe. Was it Ganey Ranch? It was Ganey. Ganey. Yeah. Shot his 89, yeah. called Greg, got in. And you know, for him, he's just the nicest guy in the world. But when he first got out there, he was a little nervous because the average handicap there is a five or six. So everyone's a good golfer. And he was at the time, you know, probably 20 handicap, 15, 20 handicap. But I just kind of – I was always a fan of his, the way he handles himself, that just the, the quality of a person he is. And um, I just would kind of spend time with him. I'd be like – I wasn't he, – he tells people I wasn't afraid to look in the desert for his balls or like be patient <laughs> with him or help him a little bit as he got going. And obviously now – he plays more golf than any of us combined, so he doesn't need much help. But when he got started, I just kind of became patient with him and, and became good friends with him. And then when he got into the AT&T, he asked Steve John if he'd mind if, if he'd played with me because he just felt comfortable. We'd played, played a bunch of golf together if I would do it. And I said, I'd be honored. I'd love to. And then we go and I think we finished second the first year and then won at the next one. I, cool. I love that Greg, like said, no at first. Yeah. Like to the most beloved guy. <laughs> In, in the, the West whole Coast. state of Arizona, <laughs> exactly. for sure. And maybe the in, entire NFL. I mean, just the <laughs> yeah. nicest human. Nah, bud, you go break 90, and then we'll yep. let you in. And he went out and, mm-hmm. and you challenged his him. Butt you challenged him. He's going to do it. it. And, he, and he got in. And he was actually out at Whisper Rock today. I saw really? him. He was there with his red He's pants. He's always sure. there. I'm sure. Getting amongst it. Yep. Get, so tell it. us, what kind, of, what kind of game does Larry really have? Because there's you know there's a lot of rumors out there. He sandbags and all this, which I. He's too nice of a guy to do that kind of, of course. thing. He posts every score he's ever shot. So give it like, 100%. what's his strengths? What's his weaknesses? He is great inside of 150 yards. Obviously, his hands are pretty strong. He's, he's got a good short game, good chipper, bunker player, great putter. Off the tee, he can struggle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw a video I posted a few weeks back. I've been holding on to this video. I did. We do have, we do have this video. a few years, and Larry was begging me to not release it. But I felt necessity i felt like the public needed something like that these times are tough and it's like we needed to see what could happen sometimes and larry is i just felt bad for the ball washer to be honest yeah the ball washer got in the way tell tell people who have not seen this yet what what goes down well this this will be shown we have a copy of it this whole story is an incredible story this was our um first year we played together at AT at&t we get done and we just finished second we were one one of the last groups Finishing on the 18th green of Pebble. And as you know, as golfers, when you're done your final round, it's like you're pretty tired. It's out. You know, it's just like – and Larry goes, Strills, let's go play another 18. I'm like, what do you what do you, what do you mean go play? He's like, spy class. Like, Why don't – let's go to spy class. Like people are trying to interview him and he wants to go play another 18. And this is like 2 in the afternoon at spy class. So I go, okay, let's go. Me, Larry, my caddy AJ, and his caddy Mike Zabo drive over to spy class. I go, I'm not going to play. I'm exhausted. I'll grab a beer and a, I got a beer and a cigar and drove around and watched them play. I'll never, the coolest Larry Fitzgerald story, I swear this is true. The, the assistant pro, Larry Fitzgerald standing, can we go play? There's literally no one in sight. He goes, yeah, but it's uh, $375 a person. And I look at, I'm like, come on, dude. There's there's nobody. We just finished. We played nice. Like we just run around for nine. He's like, I'm sorry. It's Larry very quietly put his credit card down, took care of everything, didn't make a scene of it or anything. We went out and had a blast. So we play the front nine, we make the turn, we're playing in an hour and a half, and we go to number 11, and we're, ran, you know, we're playing music, we're having fun, laughing, and I'm just like, Larry, let me take a look at your swing, because he was hitting it terrible off the tee. He can struggle off the tee a little bit. And I caught just one of the most magical moments in <laughs> golf history, where he proceeded you, to absolute, I'm right, got a good angle down the line, he's looking down a beautiful 11th hole, and there's this poor ball washer that's probably 20 feet directly down the hill and to the left. 
and he proceeds to heel shank this thing straight down and it just hits us dead on and the sound is just priceless and i just collapse to the ground like i've never laughed so hard on the golf course as he knocked Looks over good, the Larry. Keep, you should keep doing yeah, i don't doing. see any issue as long as i have no gallery it's tomorrow just, you'll be fine yes. it's so funny that you sent me that last night and then i run into him today at the golf course and i'm just like i can't show him that we're actually going to show this on golf so far it's going to be great though i'm going to love it you're probably not going to but so, Larry, seriously i love you i'm sorry yeah. We had to do it. The but world I mean, needs to see it. it. The world needs to see it. Yeah, all the sandbagging stuff. Let's put that to bed. Here's the this top is... three wood that went into a ball washer. Like it's all. It wasn't legit. topped. It was. Yeah, it wasn't real. a topped. It was. It was just a low heat, straight left. But I tell yeah. everyone. I mean, just I've known Larry for a couple of years now, and obviously not at the level you do. But he's the nicest human in the world. Yes. I said, every kid that comes out of college that's going to be you know a big time athlete should go have to should have to spend a day with Larry Fitzgerald mm-hmm. and see how he treats people, how yep. he interacts. Like, there's no one nicer. It's, yeah. it's absolutely unbelievable. There's a cool video I just saw of his highlight reel from college. I don't know if you saw it. Some of his catches were just unbelievable. But still then, every time made the catch, walked up to the ref, just handed it to him. Mm-hmm. He's never time. spiked a ball in his life. He's never done anything to his competitors. He never talked. Yeah. It's class, dude. He's, he's, he's just straight class. class. And yeah. you mentioned like he, he was one of the best college football receivers of his time. Going to go down, going to be first ball at Hall of Famer, one of the best mm-hmm. wideouts in the NFL. He's playing the biggest stages. What is his nerve? What's a guy like Larry Fitzgerald at AT&T Pebble Beach? Like, he's done it all. Is he nervous? Like, does that get his juices going enough to be nervous? I'm, sh- I'm sure he's a little nervous. Definitely that first year he was very nervous. But he's been there now a number of times. And and uh, really coming down the stretch when we were in the hunt a few times, he was cool. Cool as a cucumber, man. He, yeah, he's, he's done it. He's Two-time champion will do that to you. So you've won twice. Looking back. Give us the best shot you think you've seen Larry Fitzgerald hit in competition during the AT&T. Uh, number seven. He almost hold it, hold it the first year we won. Um, really? This little hold-off wedge. I mean, it wasn't that obviously yeah. short shot. It was a 100-yard shot, but it just clipped it nice. Two hops, power lips on the low side. Oh. It stops right there. And, I can see that big smile. I'm sure yeah. it was just great in here. Oh, it was so good. God, What's the worst shot? Besides, besides the ball washer, like one in competition, what's the worst shot? I mean, just – when he goes after that driver, yeah, it can get both directions deep. That's I mean, cool. <laughs> the probably the worst one I've seen was the pro am uh, first tee at Greenbrier. Mm-hmm. You know that tee, yeah, downhill, par four, a little mm-hmm. dogleg right. He gets up, and I'm just up. Me and AJ are just talking trash. Hey, buddy, good to see you. And he's going off with uh, who was he playing with? The owner, um, Jim Justice. Jim Justice. He's playing mm-hmm. with Jim, and I think Jim's son. And we're watching, and he rips at this driver, and this thing goes left of like through the fairway and left of 17 the par five i mean it's probably 190 yards left of the fairway and he killed it killed it and i was just like dude what are you how how do you how does that athletic ability that hand hit that ball 200 yards offline but it's under the I speed mean, is so impressive crazy. dude it's that's why he's so good out there he can hit irons off of all well, the tees that he plays from he doesn't have to hit that driver his caddy is is unbelievable he's a caddy's a pebble 300 days a year mike zabo knows every break mm-hmm. and he just three and four irons off the tee at 6200 yards yeah. he's, he's dangerous from he's there good. Yeah. he's good inside of 150 yeah not only larry <laughs> but we got to bring this guy up because former guest on the program you're also very good friends with chicago man brian erlacher and i gotta know like this erlacher being that you've won twice now with larry does he look at you and give you shit like hey dude maybe maybe i'd like to hoist a trophy once Man. or twice in my in my day he he plays it off like he's fine not playing it but i think he, does. he, he wants, wants it he, wants, he, wants, he, wants he has i guarantee he yeah. does like dude let me get out there one that time dude, you were actually a dude. big topic of conversation when we had brian erlacher <laughs> yeah there. you came up multiple times there was, it was mostly all all good though 
He's a good man. He is a. He, you have to say that he's massive. <laughs> yeah, don't say anything. Do not say anything bad about him. When you're a good Brian story. Yes, I would, of course. We That's exactly why we're here. So, Brian's a big prankster. Mm-hmm. Uh, my coach at the time, one of my good friends, Jake Thurm, um, was so stoked to meet Brian. I was staying with Brian on the BMW up up at his house. It was right across the street from Conway Farms. So Jake's like, "Man, can I come over at an early tea time?" Brian's like, "Yeah, you can spend the night, no problem." So. He's, and Brian, I just see it in the back of his mind. He's like, what time is he getting here? I'm like, oh, he's had work and he's had dinner with his kids. He's probably getting around like 9, 9.30. He's like, okay. He comes out of the back. And you know that water, the water balloons, like you fill up the deal and there's like 100 of them that pop out. Like it's, it's like the super water balloon deal. Anyway, you, you put it on the faucet, you turn it on, all of a sudden you've got 100 water 100 balloons. Water balloons. Yeah. Okay. Gets this big box, 100 water balloons. He's like, let me know when he gets here. We go up on the roof. He'd never met Jake. <laughs> Me and Brian and Chappie are sitting on the roof. Like the night before, we're playing the BMW Chevy. And Jake gets out of his car. And we proceed to pelt him with a hundred water balloons. And Jake is standing on there like, yeah. what? What are these children doing? It's Brian Erlacher, so, yeah, yeah, Nice yeah, to meet you, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So Jake in the back is like, I'm going to get him back. I want to get him back so bad. So we were filming... This great show, Driver versus Driver. I don't know if you saw it's that. It's a big show. I love that show, dude. Yeah. Smash hit. Wilson, <laughs> loved it. You were unbelievable, dude. Thank you. It was, it was a shining moment. <laughs> so, Brian and I are filming at Cantini, the course I grew up at, and they're bringing him into the show. He was one of the judges. So, Jake had gone to Costco and bought like a 50 pack of condoms. You can say it on this show. It's perfectly fine. Condoms. condoms. Of, protection. Of protection. Yes. And Jake proceeds to grab his bag when Brian's like in makeup and takes it in the back and pulls out all his clubs and puts a Jimmy oh on every <laughs> one of his grips and put them back into the bag. So like a few minutes later, Brian's filming and he's like, Brian, hit your nine iron. He pulls out his club and he's like, what the? <laughs> Jake wins. Jake wins. That's a, wins. that's a winner. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm more impressed with that he thought of that or that you can get a 50 pack of rubbers at Costco. <laughs> Who's going to Costco? Like, yeah, dude, bachelor party this weekend. Gotta go to Costco and load up. It's gonna be a busy one. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up Cantini because that's kind of a special place to me as well. Yeah, you, you brought it up, so we might as well get into it. You know, I mean, there's this you got video and little USGA event there they used to have called the Pub Links. Oh, here we go. Um, and yeah. I happened to win there. And, Rumor has it I might be tied for first or second favorite golfer amongst your parents. So mom and dad played there literally three, four days a week. Like we, we never joined a private club. A canteen was right down the street. They had great senior rates, twilight rates. We had, I grew up there. Like that was, that was my home. And I'd graduated and turned pro as you were. That was oh, oh, seven. Seven. I graduated in oh, one. So I was kind of off and actually probably living out here at that time. And so – at the end of the year at Cantini, they would always have the big like gala for their favorite guests. The people who played the most rounds of golf. My mom and dad always played the most rounds of golf there. So they got to pick a piece of memorabilia that Cantini had put out. And they come home and mom, I get home and mom's like, look what I got from Cantini. And it was a Colt Nose sign Damn Cantini straight. flag. What an honor. Is it, hanging is it proudly a- in... The guest bathroom. In the garage. Nowhere. <laughs> Absolutely nowhere. No, I have no idea where it is. It's, uh, it's actually underneath the upside table. Upside down in our yeah. pool. Yeah. 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 It's perfectly placed. Right next to Kevin's two PGA Tour win flags. So where is it now? Is it still around? I have no idea. Yeah. Good. That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, oh, that's, I'm going to be nice to our though. guest right now. Let's, let's go to the next question. That is a beautiful, beautiful uh, answer. Um, well, what a place Cantini is, by yeah. the way. I loved it. 
God, I destroyed everybody that week, Sleaze. You're <laughs> proud. I am proud of you, Colt. Thanks. I'm very, very proud of you. Chicago, Chicago. Sweet. Are you ever, we were talking field. Erlacher, are you ever jealous that Erlacher, you go there and there's about 200 Erlacher with the hair, uh, the billboards with, you for his hair restoration. You been, you're you in the same program. You got no billboards, dude. No billboards, but he might be getting a little more bread from that deal. He might be getting, getting, a, getting But it's literally, every, if not every billboard, it's every other billboard is Brian's dumb head doing this. Like yeah, with his he even said it's a little ridiculous. It's, it's out of control. It's how many it's, you land at O'Hare and get on ninety four? It's unbelievable. It's almost like a prank. How many there are? There? It's like it's like somebody was like, we're just gonna embarrass him and put one on every single yeah. corner. They're everywhere. You did it too, though. Who's got the better lettuce right now, you or Erlach? I think mine's pretty strong. I don't think yours was ever really in need that much. From it what got I remember, pretty thin. The front was gone and kind of yeah. Yours is yours out. is good, but his was like a drastic change. Yeah, yeah. His was like, like zero to a hundred. Yeah, if, if people saw you. And then you walk into a restaurant after the surgery, they're like, oh, there's Kevin Streelman. No big, I mean, yeah, nice hair. Yeah. But yours was like a tune-up. His was like a full, like yeah, his surgery. car was totaled. Right. New, just replaced the whole thing. For sure. Yeah. Well, I feel like it wouldn't be fair if we didn't talk about another Chicago legend during this, because obviously during these times, these quarantine times, we're pretty much every Sunday night, I think people are glued to their TV watching The Last Dance. Oh, at least I hope so you good. are. This question is going to be really shitty. So good, <laughs> but never heard of it. <laughs> the last dance with Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, I'm guessing you've been watching. Mm-hmm. Give us your thoughts on that. It's it's been neat. I mean, I grew up in Wheaton, Illinois. I basically got into basketball. I was nine, ten years old. That was Jordan. Was I mean, I was born in '78. I mean, Jordan was, was uh, drafted '85. Started winning in '91. Like that was that was me. Middle school, high school. I watched every game with mom and dad. We'd go to like one game a year, and like when that stadium went dark, and they just do 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 do, like mm-hmm. it was it was just memorable. So I've been like texting mom and dad, and they've been watching it, and the stories are they're just unbelievable. I mean, all the Rodman Vegas stuff last week. That's one, so good. Just, that's like, that's unbelievable. unbelievable that what do you think your happened? favorite Crazy. part is of the last dance so far that you've you've seen? Like what? Or I something love that might have caught you off guard. I mean, I remember so vividly the, the Detroit. 88, 89, yeah. 90 with Detroit and Isaiah. I knew him and Jordan always. And then to hear him still yeah. have he that still animosity. You could just say yeah. he still hates him. He holds a grudge, believe it or not. I mean, but like Larry, thing, you shake people's hands when you're done with them. Exactly. It's, I mean, he. I love that it showed that like when the, when Chicago lost and he went up, shaked, and, and in his interview afterwards, he's like, he it was classic. Like, they're what we want, what we want to be. Yep. We want to be them. They're better than us. They they want. And yep. then afterwards, when that whole thing happened, and then Isaiah tries to cover it up and say the Celtics did that, and all, yep. I'm like, come on, man. And I love how MJ, they they each said, you know, no one went on vacation. They all went straight to the gym. Yeah, I would have had a problem. With that. to- <laughs> That's when he started. A little vacation. All right, guys. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, yeah. I got beat to shit, by the way, for, for five games. So I'm going to go ahead and take a little breather. But that's when he started to get. I forgot yeah, that's why he, he like up bulked and, up. Because yeah. he used to be so skinny. You know, he said, like, I only eat enough to fly. I'm like a bird. I only eat enough to fly. And then he came back the next year and had yeah. all that math. And it was game over. Yeah. Other than MJ, favorite Chicago Bull? Pippen. Okay, yeah, other you. than Pippen. Damn it, I was hoping you'd say somebody different. Well, as like a short white guy who could shoot there randomly go. well, yeah. Pax- Paxson. There you go. Yeah. Paxson and Steve Kerr. John Paxson yeah. was incredible. Paxson. By the way, St- Paxson looks like he's in pretty good shape still. He say. might be able to do the little, what's the hair product company called? Yeah. Restore. Restore. He mm-hmm. he's, in the, he's in the... He's yeah. a Chicago legend. He he's a candidate. A yep. He's a candidate. And by the way, Bill Cartwright looks like he's about to get into... I'm sorry, uh, Horace, Horace Grant, Grant looks like he's about to get into MMA. Homeboy is huge. How about that? Dude, he's... He ain't going on too many vacations. He's in that gym all the that time. Dude could play. We, we talk about it all the time on our Sirius XM show, but because we watch it every Sunday and then we then we record, it is amazing to us that Scottie Pippen 
Not only was he the 122nd highest yeah. paid player in the NBA, he was the sixth on that team. Like, yeah. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Mm-hmm. He he tried to take that long-term security. Yeah. And it couldn't have had the worst time. It'd be like Phil Mickelson just... being the 100 paid best played endorsement yeah, wise most, on the yeah. PGA Tour. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. He just want he had a little family situation. I think he wanted to make sure that mm-hmm. was make wrapped sure up. But I would be looking at my agent like, "You're fired." Right. By the way, right. when this is all done, we should get into a little bit of golf though. Do you want to talk yeah, a little bit of golf? <laughs> Let's rewind back before you became PGA Tour sensation, two-time winner. Stop. Back when you were playing the Jickies, you had a nice little run on the Jicks, six or seven years, I believe. On the, mini yeah. tours, is, he loves talking about. The we jicks. call it Jicky Jacks mini tours. Yeah, you, but, and there was years. a time pretty much, and you talk about it a little bit, but like, you essentially like lived out of your car. More yeah. or less, right? Like driving 100%. from one to one. Didn't mm-hmm. have a, just like, I sleep in my car, I wake up, I change, and I go play. Yeah. I mean, or, and you know the gig. You'd have two, three, four guys split in the Motel 6, going in there negotiating. They'd be like $39. Like, come on, you could get yeah, this three, is a $33. At the most. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's negotiations every night with the Motel Colt 6. Don't know about, <laughs> don't know about that. This is <laughs> high score sleeps on the floor, yeah, dude. It's all for the sure. thing. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. So, uh, but it's it's still like the best memories, best times. The relationships we had are still some of my best friends. Living in the Dakotas tour, eating, uh, you know, doing barbecues in people's backyards, drinking beer with them after rounds and stuff. Like it was it was awesome, and awesome you, time. You did it for like six or seven, which is a pretty I good run. Like it's, now you see kids coming out of college, turning pro early, and like winning. You know, they're yeah. you got the you got your wolves, you got your Morikawas and things like that. But like you do, you were at it for six or seven years. Was there ever a point in time where your parents were like, "Hey, Kevin, you got a degree from Duke." You know, half you your know, friends are probably running corporations right now. Maybe it's time to put that thing to use. I definitely not mom or dad. They were really? so supportive. That's cool. Of me. My dad, gosh. So dad was drafted to play Major League Baseball, 1969. Three weeks later, he gets drafted into Vietnam. Goes and serves the military. Spends a year in Vietnam. Three years in the military. So he, when I was in the driveway, he, mom and dad gave me ten thousand bucks to get started, and they're like, "This is all we can give." And I was just so appreciative and thankful. But dad kind of grabbed me and looked at me. He said. Every night, go look yourself in the mirror and say, you did your best today to get better. And at the end of this whole journey, you'll be okay. You'll be okay with how it turns out if you gave it your all every day. And I never forgot that. I didn't know that. To this day, they're just my biggest. That's biggest cool. I didn't, know, I didn't know that whole story yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah they're, they're incredible. That's really but there cool. Was, I mean, there was a time about two years in, I was out here on the Gateway Tour missing all the cuts, getting my butt kicked by like contact and, you know. All, all the, the local. Con- all the I local love a Brian balls. contact yeah. shout out. By yeah. the way. Dude shot awesome. 65 every round. Yeah, like it's, yeah. they can't it's miss just, Arizona kids. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was just struggling and the Duke assistant coaching job came available. So I was like, man, this could be pretty cool. I'd be some 24 and – 25. I was like, let's give it a shot. I did the resume, did the whole interview, and it came down to me and one other gentleman. He got the job. I didn't. It was the same uh, week as the Western Open was uh, held at Cog Hill back, back, and this is the Tiger days of 03, 04. And uh, man, it was awesome. I, I, I made a, about an 18-footer for birdie on the last to shoot 67 and got in my first PGA Tour event. Played with Mike Weir in a practice round. He had just won the Masters. I was like, dude, this guy is legit. Like, he's really good. But I, I was driving it a little further than him. I was, you know, hitting it. Irons felt tight. Like, I think I could improve my short game and putting to his level a, a fair amount. But but I felt like I could hang. I think that was like a big moment for me. Mm, that's interesting. And it kind of turned things around. I said, all right, it's time to kind of take this ser- seriously and see how good I can get. And you mentioned that Duke job. I got to ask this because I read this and I had no idea about this. I want you to confirm or deny. I heard it at the time you applied for Duke, you also applied for the UNC, the, the North Carolina assistant golf coach job as well. Is that true? I read that. 
Not true. Not true. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta watch what people wow. are writing about you, bro. You gotta write. Real, I was about to I say, say like, that. I feel the, like you'd be disowned. I, by the community. I, I will say, I did have some interest in going to UNC. Okay, maybe they went wow. to the went to. This was before anything were, obviously were to happen at Duke. Tell the story as you're walking. <laughs> as you're as you're the walking, truth up, comes out. <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. the truth comes out. I will say it helped my interest level. The the admissions office. They literally had two all female dorms on either side of the admissions office. And me, mom, and dad are walking up. It was like the first nice day of spring. We're visiting all the North Carolina schools, and all the girls are out sunbathing mm. out there. And I'm walking, and I look at dad, and my dad looks at me. I was like, I might have just to check out this <laughs> university. But anyway, the coach at the time he told me to my face I wasn't good enough to play for him. And it was one of those like really inspiring moments for me where I was like, all right, I'm going to show him. And my first college term I won was UNC's tournament. And he handed, mm. me, he handed me the trophy. Oh, that's nice. And it was like, that's right. Yeah. You but gave him a little F you to it. Was, I like that. Keep it, keep it inside. But it's one of those things you don't forget either. But uh, Did he ever say anything? No. That's funny. Yeah, he knows. But can you imagine if Silence. you would have you gotten that Duke assistant coaching job? Yeah, you might not ever. I would have taken the job. Might not ever won the Kodak challenge, right? You might not be a Kodak. I would have taken that job for sure. You would have, and look, yeah, I I feel, I feel fortunate. I feel blessed. It's been such a fun run and and a fun journey. But uh, you look back at just little moments, even moving out here, or when you meet your wife, when you have kids, like all these little things have such huge implications on where your life ends up going. But that was definitely one of them. By the way, one of my early years on the PGA Tour, I was paired with the great Kevin Streelman in my hometown tournament, Dallas, Byron Nelson. Wind's blown 100. We get to 17. This part is three over water. Back yeah. right pin. Tough pin. What does Kevin do? Steps up. Hoop. One. Still have not gotten a free cocktail from this, by the way. So after the show, so you're buying. We got a couple out here. Here's what I remember from that day. Oh, this ought to be good. <laughs> it was howling. It was blowing It was hard. blowing 25 30 off the left yeah and the pin is tucked right you lit i was trying to not hit it in the water Agreed. Like i pretty much aimed at the cart path and this wind gust hits it and i'm like oh crap it's really cutting and it just hits and goes in and i look i'm just like and i look and i see like a raging bull of colt nose just like coming at <laughs> like me You're like give it, yeah just coming at me give me this hug oh dude it was i'll never forget his face like Dah! And, it, and the place, yeah. the place goes. Cr- I mean, they call it like the mini sixteen mm-hmm. at, at here, and it was Friday afternoon. It was packed with people. Like, it was so loud. It was so much fun. And you remember there was like, there was like an Escalade right behind us. Yeah. And I'm ready to go do like the rich beam, go jump on the hood and start like. There's a sign on it that says first hole in one for professionals Saturday or Sunday yeah. only. Oh. As I'm like right. mid air, and I go. It like couldn't yeah. be a harder shot. No, that's. They I literally should, would have taken anywhere on that green. It was. It was. They shouldn't be able to put the cars left. out on the tee boxes until it's live. Until it's like you make an ace, you get this. They can't be like, hey, if you make an ace on this day, you get it. They should have to wait. That's the biggest tease of all time. And then what? And I don't know if I Colt remember, remembers this. Yeah. The next hole, that got me inside the cut line. I rope hook driver in the water, make double bogey, and miss the cut by shot. <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up, Kevin. I think I went one six and one. missed the cut by Was Colt six. giving you bear hug on 18 green after that? Yeah, I was or out no. of breath. Sorry, dude. Uh, he made dub, let me inside the cut line. It was great. Everything was awesome. Hey, dude, chin up. Chin up. But I, I, I know you're a big student of the game, Kevin. Um, who do you think – obviously, we all grew up idolizing Tiger Woods. But other than Tiger, like, who do you think your game most like – of the great golfers, who do you think you like kind of – who inspires resemble. you? Resemble. Yeah, who do you who does your game resemble? Oh. Mm. 
I, I've always been a good driver of the ball, drive it straight. And, and I, I think I'm, I'm a good mental, like kind of know when to attack, when to take it, when to play smart, when to, how to get around a golf course. Well, I think, I think that's probably my best asset. Well, I disagree. You just said you snap hooked it in the water on 18 at Byron Nelson. That was stupid. That was stupid. Yeah, but <laughs> you should've, you shouldn't have done you that. You should have hit it up the right. You should have just hit it down the The wind the was howling off, the, still off the <laughs> left. It should have, shouldn't have. The water shouldn't have been in play, but anyways, keep going. Uh, anyway. Um, I grew up, you know, Tiger's three years older than me. So he, I was, he was never like a golfer. I really mm-hmm. like idolized or looked up to. I mean, I was kind of the Freddie couples, Greg Norman started Greg Norman is when I got into, I love watching Greg Norman hit driver as hard as he could. He just busted it down every fairway. And then, uh, gosh, Duvall when he first got started, yeah. his wedge play, putting, like everything. Stupid. Silky so good. Too. So, so good. Yeah. But, uh. I don't know. I just try and do my own thing. I I know I know the confines of my game. I'd say pretty well. I don't try and get outside it too too much. But you mentioned the um, the Western Open and Mike Weir and playing with him, and that kind of showed you like, hey, maybe I'm good enough to do this. You know, for real. Is there when you did get your tour card? Was there anyone that like did you have a mentor? Or anyone took you under your wing or a guy you looked up to to be like, hey, this is the guy I'm going to talk to and ask questions and kind of learn yeah. how to be a pro? Yeah, um, I was to Joe Ogilvy was. He was five years ahead of me in a Duke grad. And I say to this day, he's kind of like my big brother out there. He he would tell me which uh, restaurants to eat at, which hotels to stay away from, which is like the best way, which airports to fly into. Just like stuff like that that your agent should do. But you kind of it's nice to have someone who's been there and done it to kind of bounce ideas off of. And Joe is always great to me. Tom Lehman, I met out here in Phoenix. He's always been incredible. Um, and I remember sitting uh, – Bo Van Pelt. I remember sitting down with Bo my my rookie year, my rookie year before I got started. I was so nervous. We were actually out here at TPC and uh, we're, we're just hitting balls. I go, Bo, I'm a rookie this year. My name's Kevin. You got any advice for me out there? He's like, dude, the pins left hit at 15 feet, right? If the pins right hit at 15 feet left, he's like, golf's golf. Don't get too nervous. Don't make too big a deal about it. You're going to have great weeks. You're going to have off weeks. You're going to have great runs. You're going to have bad runs. Just do your best and like, keep, keep going. It's pretty simple. I was like, Kind of is. What's so hard? Was that, was Joe Ogilvy? He obviously wasn't a Sigma Phi. Is he, he one of the Sigma 11? New. Uh, rival, the 11. rival frat? Yeah. Only golfer yeah. on the PGA Tour from the Sigma Phi. Uh, Sigma Phi has got up their golf. Delta Sig. But... Or Delta, Delta Sig. Sig. He said Sigma Phi. It's I don't Delta know, Sig. dude. It's Whatever. all Greek. I use that. <laughs> I don't speak Greek, dude. It was great. By the way, I played with Joe Ogilvy, my second ever event as a pro. Las Vegas. I'm paired with him and Jason Gore on Saturday. And at one point... I'm pretty sure Jason Gore threw his sandwich into the water on number 12. <laughs> mm-hmm. And on the same hole, Joe Ogilvy's ball landed on the green and trickled into the water. And he did a running karate kick at his golf bag. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm just like, this is incredible. This is how these guys act. I love this. I mean, it was the fall series. So, like, everybody was – it was the end of the year. Yeah. Everybody's over it. They're fried. like, I hate golf. Yeah. I don't want to be out here. I'm just trying to keep my card. But Joe Ogilvy doing this running, flying karate kick at his golf bag is the image I think of every time I hear that That's name. beautiful. Sweep the leg. But he is also one of the names that always comes up. Like, if there was a player that could be commissioner mm-hmm. of the PJ Tour, he's one of them. Mm-hmm. And honestly think the same thing when I think of you a little bit. So I want no. you to put your commissioner hat on. Yeah, because you're mm. a smart Duke grad, smart guy, and you're yeah. involved. You're a member of the PAC, mm-hmm. which is the Player Advisory Council Committee, whatever you want to say. You're involved in all the decisions. Put your commissioner hat on. Get out of here. Stop looking no, at the stop computer. Stop creeping, dude. That's how he got through Duke right yeah. there. You cheated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Copying. Put your commissioner's hat on for a second. First thing you change on the PGA Tour, Kevin Strillman is commissioner. I would own the Ryder Cup. Mm. Why? An attempt to try and own the majors. Why? Explain. Because they Please. are – it's our – 
players that make the product. Okay. And um, the business has gotten to a point that is quite different than it was 15, 20, 30 years ago. And I feel like the entity that owns the media rights and the the rights of the players should have the um, majority percentage of... So, so basically the Ryder Cup is more than just an exhibition and the players should be taken yeah. care of in this situation. I, I, I feel so. You know, the, the players, I think, get 150000 to charities of their choice, which is awesome. Yeah, that's um, great. It's, but that's it's, a drop in the bucket compared to what they make off the Ryder Cup. It's a, it's a big revenue generator for the PGA of America. Okay. Do you think the players feel the same? Like do guys that make the Ryder Cup team, do they, I mean, it's nice, like you said, they give 150 K to the charity of their choice, but mm-hmm. are they kind of like, man, we are making a ton of money generating a ton of revenue out here and we ain't seeing a, a lick of it. I mean, I got to think in other sports that wouldn't fly more or less, maybe minus the Olympics, right? Like the dream team or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like other sports, I feel like football players aren't going out there like for fun. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I feel like golf's one of the only sports that could do that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's such a balancing point of, of the his, historical relevance, the the incredible rivalries. Like, it's it's almost bigger than the individuals. So, in that regard, I get it. But if you look at the history of where the Ryder Cup, how that was kind of given to the PGA, when the PGA Tour separated from the PGA, it was kind of a talking point that was negotiated as far as this went here and this we took here and this was here. And at the time, the value of the Ryder Cup was different than it is today. Oh, it's ridiculous now and sleaze and i talk about this all the time would you rather have a Ryder cup this year with no fans or push it back a year i i think the fans are an integral part of that event huge for sure i also feel uh you know you push it back and we have a president's cup next year which is a pga tour revenating event for sorry generating generating, revenue generating event for the pga tour so that kind of changes you know pushes all that back another year too so i don't know I, I hope everything goes well. Season starts as planned. We can start getting fans in a uh, you know, month and a half, two months, and, and it's, it's an afterthought. But it, it is something that needs to be discussed if, if everything doesn't go as smooth as we think. So you are a man of the, the PAC committee. Does golf happen at Colonial? First I think, week, second I think week so. I mean, I got I to gotta trust the people who are – I mean, the tour is doing a ton of work right now to mm-hmm. figure this out. They're talking with much smarter people than I and us and – and they are very optimistic if things, nothing crazy happens, and and uh, they've got plans if if things do. But I think for the most part, you know, we'll be able to go in June week of June eleventh. So you're you're very much involved in this discussion, and I was talking with Joe Scover and Caddy for Ricky Fowler mm-hmm. today at the golf course, and we were discussing you know how they're going to do this whole testing thing, whether it be every day or maybe just once yeah. a week, what it is. But he said the rumor he heard, and you could obviously confirm this if. You or your caddy test positive, you're most likely out of the tournament. Like, how does that work? Like, why would you, why would a player have to be out if they're caddy? Why would not the whole group they played with Thursday, Friday right. have to be out? I mean, there's so many questions that have to be answered. Right. That and you can help us with this. I honestly, that's those are logistical questions mm-hmm. that we're starting to address and starting to attack. And I wouldn't say there's any definitive answers yeah. as of as of now, but those are serious questions and serious uh, issues that could come up if if it were to get out. And there's a chance, you know, our bubble, they're really trying to keep the bubble small, maybe keep coaches back a little bit, keep trainers back, uh, you know, club technicians and, and just kind of keep everyone who needs to be there there. And and even families and daycare isn't going to be happening for yeah. at least a, a few months. So, so. I mean, I've, I've said it. I mean, you, I'm sure you've done it. I've done it. Everyone's done it. You've, you've played sick on the PGA Tour. Oh, yeah. I mean, you you basically tell your group at the start of the yeah. round, hey, guys, Don't I'm not feeling that well. Just give you a little elbow, whatever, mm-hmm. not, not doing it. 
it would be hard for me if, say, Kevin Streelman's leading Colonial going into Sunday, and you wake up and they test you. Hey, Kevin, you feel fine, but you tested positive for Corona. You're you're, you're out. Like that's a tough deal for me. Be yeah. like, hey guys, I feel fine. I mean, what do you do? Right. I don't know. Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. That's, that's the right answer. answer. That's what we're right. That well, that's quotable. You heard right it here there. First. We are going to blast that all over. So <laughs> Kevin Streelman, I don't know. End quote. Right there. <laughs> That's so good. He's a but great let me ask you, since we're, <laughs> since we're talking about Colonial and coming back and no fans starting off and things like that, you've won twice on the PJ Tour. How much did the fans mean to you? Like, how, how different would it have been for you if you were trying to get your first win in Tampa and there's no way out there? Yeah. Would, it, would things have played out different? You know, in a, in a way, you're so in the zone and you're like so into your shots at that moment that I wouldn't say it, it's, a, it's a massive, massive difference. But at the same time, like, I, I personally enjoy that emotion, like the people screaming the great shots you hit get you know rewarded with the applause you know how close you hit it because everyone's yeah. going crazy like that's all fun that's a fun part of our our job to be honest it's one of the most fun parts yeah of that's our job. the juices yeah so but we're more importantly like our fans are so desperate for golf right now yeah we want to get out there and play golf we want to put on a show we want to we want to make some more money again like it's just everything is stopped so it's like we want to get back to work our fans want to watch it i think we can put on a great product it's going to be a a little bit different for a few months, but I think we'll look back at it and hopefully laugh one day and just say that we had to do it. But the the product and the and the viewership was was important, and we did it in a safe manner, and everything went well. Like we really hope that that can be the end game here. But and assuming the PJ Tour does it right and things go smoothly, politically correct. Answer? That was a very well commissioner. Yeah, that was that was yeah, you yeah, had yeah, your hat yeah. on for that one. But assuming it all does go well and think you know guys stay healthy and things like that, for the first time ever, really PJ Tour is the only show in town. It's only sport. It's only live sports. It's only live competition, which people are dying for right now. It could be yeah. an opportunity to like highlight the PJ Tour. More eyeballs, I would think, will yep. be on the PJ Tour when you guys start at Colonial than ever before. Like at Colonial, you know yeah. what I mean? At, uh, minus I a major or something. And, and think of the quality of the field potentially exactly. that could be there. I mean, everyone oh, around I, the top two hundred players in the world are going to be really doing all they can to get into that field. So I think the the caliber of play, the the caliber of the product. I know that uh, our partners will put on will be will be terrific and. Yeah, the fields are going to be fields are going to be fields nuts. Nobody's taking weeks off after being sitting in yeah, quarantine, ready to rock and, you know, playing left-handed and you know doing whatever <laughs> people are doing right now. Yeah. All right. Was well, it time for emergency nine? Stacey? I think it feels Already? like that time. Already. I don't. Time you want to go more? Time flies. Like, we we do, do have this. No, I know you're busy. You got a lot. <laughs> it's true. We do this with every guest. A little segment called emergency nine. Nine fun questions, and I'm going to let Sleazy start it off. No, you start it off. You I, fire it off the I first one. I was. I'm odds. the oh yeah you're right I'm the I'm the odds yes we right. always we we rehearse this odd. pretty He's a little odd. we rehearse yeah. this all right this is a question we ask everybody you may have seen it you may have not but if there is a movie being made about the life of Kevin Streelman who do you pick to play you I'd say like Richard Gere Ooh, back in wow. the, back in the like that's a confident answer dude it's a sexy <laughs> my man. mom always <laughs> told me how handsome you're he gonna was. have a lot of women lining up to watch the life Richard of Kevin Gere, Streelman like, early nineties yeah late eighties kind of Richard Gere I'd say oh, wow. yeah that's a smooth answer Colt you got an, who would you I got one. I got an idea for That's you. That's a pretty good answer, actually. That's a little. I mean, no offense. Not you do quite have great to Gary hair Woodland's now. Denzel Washington. Yeah, Gary pretty, picked Denzel, but pretty close. Dude, by the way, John Daly picked Matt Damon. I was like, eh. and then he well, went and said Chris Farley too. But I was like, I don't really see the Matt Damon and Chris Far- and uh, John Daly. But you know, didn't you guys have a, like a Diet Coke and cigarette question with John Daly? Yeah, he drank once twenty-eight Coke Diet Cokes in a day. Twenty-eight. I got, I got some. I got some. Yeah, you got time. Oh sure. yeah, we got the, all my day. rookie year in. Mexico, Mayakoba. This was 08. And we used to play in the spring. It was hot. Like it was hot, hot, humid, hot. One of those, like you drink a bottle of water 
every hole pretty much, mm-hmm. if not every two holes. Like it's that you're just dripping sweat. So I got paired with John and I was pretty excited. Like I was a rookie on tour. He's a big name. I was like, yeah. And he was great. I mean, just class act, just, just down to earth, fun, relaxed. I enjoy, I really enjoyed playing with him. My caddy and I had a wager though. It was like over under on number of heaters and over under <laughs> on how many diet Cokes you'd have. And we put the, we put it at 18 cigarettes and I think it was 10 diet Cokes. And he went over on both of those. Wow. Wow. And smoke he a hole. Not, he, had a, he had a smoke a hole, two on the par fives. And he literally <laughs> had like 12 or 13 Diet Cokes without one single water. Like it was one of the most athletic <laughs> things I've ever well, seen in my life. What did he shoot? Did he play any good? Yeah, he played good. He's, Dude, he's, that's, he's that's, stud, man. see, that's next level talent. It is. If you it watch is. the 30 for 30 on him on ESPN, they ask if he picked up, like they're filming him at the grocery store. And they're like, did you get any water? He's like, no, there's plenty of ice in my Diet Coke. That's where I get my water. <laughs> exactly. Like he said 28. I was like, oh my God. Look, <laughs> when, <laughs> that's one an hour if you don't go to, that's more than one an hour if you don't even go to sleep <laughs> good for Dude. Hey, wow. Hold on, hold on. Dude, guy, fact check that, but it feels like that math was right. That's <laughs> nuts. That's a good story. That's a good over under, too. I would think a I dart a hole would be yeah. very, like, I would oh, just, be leaning so towards hot. the under. Just par three? Amazing. You got to get through a dart in yeah. a 150 yard par three? Yeah. It's quick. Quick. I'll tell you my favorite <laughs> darts is, is, huh. is Tim Lumpy Heron. Oh, he'll Lumpy kill. has the claw grip and he's got the, the cigarette <laughs> in between <laughs> his fingers on his when, right hand as when he's he warms it's up. Absolute, I laugh every time I see it. Have you heard the story about him in college where he there's no smoking in college, right? During college tournaments, yeah. NCAA rules or whatever. So he was at New Mexico's tournament at the Tucker course. And he would hit his tee shot. He had the honors, hit his tee shot, walked over like 20 yards, to, grabbed his bag, walked 20 yards over to the left, sparked up a heater lit it up and walked it was out of bounds and he walked all the way down the fairway out of bounds i'm technically <laughs> so not on the count, golf course yeah. so it doesn't count and then he cruised back in and go to his shot the fairway like dude i'm i'm not on property this doesn't this is the not PGA a rule of tour needs more john daly and tim Hare. yeah i mean that's, just that's a really good daily story i like that all right number two have you ever gone shirtless and painted your body blue for a duke basketball I'm game not i've not that's very oh, disappointing no. kevin but as a future PGA nope, Tour commissioner, no paint. probably not a good idea. Right? Yeah, you, I was thinking you got to keep your you got to keep your rap sheet right. clean. Right. At this point, I was hoping you. I thought you'd be a little more of like a Cameron crazy guy, like the spooky hands and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you'd, it's you're standing up the whole game, you're jumping, it's you're dripping sweat, it's electric. But I never put body paint on. And you were just myself. sliding to the front of the line because you greased the line guy. So that could come back to bite you when you're being commissioner. Bribery is a serious charge, Kevin. <laughs> so we'll have to we'll have to find a way to avert that. But all right, staying on the basketball theme. Least favorite UNC basketball player of all time. Oh gosh. Yeah. Mm. Tough questions um, here on golf so far. Um, I'm drawing. A, I'm, I can picture his face. Uh, I got one. The big, big white guy. Who Tyler Hansbrough. Tyler Hansbrough. There you go. That's, yeah, that's he was there that's when I was the there. Yeah. That's everybody's. Everybody least hated favorite. him. Everyone yeah. hated him for no reason. Yep. He just tried hard and played good. Everyone hated him. Wind a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's good. All right. All, All right. right. Number four. Worst shot you've ever hit on PJ Tour. Off the top of your head. Um Oh, there's been some good ones. Did you just have Pat Perez on this? Yeah. Can That's I t- can I tell the worst can, shot I've seen? This is, this is why you're here, dude. I get paired with Pat Perez and Charlie Hoffman. Sorry. <laughs> wow. So sorry. Wow, oh, dude. Uh, at Tampa, one. Tampa Bay. This may have been the year I won. I think this may have been 13, the year I won the tournament. And the first two days I get paired with these two and we're just laughing the entire time. I mean, they're just total knuckleheads, having a blast. We get to 13, the par three, and it's a little kidney-shaped green. There's water all down the right, and it, it, it butts to the 12th hole. So 
we get up and Pat pins of kind of the easy front left or middle left pin the first day. And so, um, Pat and I hit middle of the green. Charlie gets up and we're just kind of looking at our bag, whatever. And we hear the sound and it just is, it's not it's good. the Hosel. Mm -hmm. Like it's a straight low clanker, the Hooters tent right there. Like people go diving out of the way with their wings and <laughs> yes. stuff. And it goes straight in the hazard. And me and Pat make eye contact. We're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Did you see that shot? Charlie's just fuming and we're just, okay. So we go up to the green and he knocks it on and makes his, I think he makes five. So fast forward the next morning we're on the range and, um, Pat's just screaming, Charlie, did you get that text? Did you get, did you get the text? <laughs> and Charlie just looks up and just <laughs> flips yeah. the bird, right? And I go, dude, all right, what's, what, what happened? Yeah. That morning he had got, on his phone, he went on YouTube and got a, Golf Digest 101, how to stop shanking the ball. <laughs> I texted to Charlie. That's good. And so we get we get to 13 and, and once again, me and Pat hit it up somewhere on the green. And we're just like watching. We're just like watching. And Charlie proceeds to like hit this toe skinny shot over in the back bunker. And we just all lost it. Like it just was, he said oh, he was so nervous. Great. He was so nervous hitting that shot. But uh, uh yeah, that was what a, a pairing! Was By a the way, they should give you a six-year exemption for winning if you played with those two the first. <laughs> that's a good. That's a that's valid a, point. That's a tough pairing right there, and uh, I love it. You get through you Thursday, guys, Friday with those, those two and win the tournament. All right, Just so making the cut. We'll we'll let that slide as worst right. shot you've seen. Yeah, that, that was a good, a very good story. That will we will. I love that story. We'll dismiss story. And of all people to happen to the seagull, Charlie Hoffman, yep. nothing better. Yeah, we'll yep. we'll put that one in the old temple. Yeah, keep remembering. All right, next question: If you were not a professional golfer. What would Kevin Streelman do for a living? You know, I, I got into that. I was interested in that golf coaching. I think that would have been really cool. I enjoy working with young players. I think some with golf. I, I mean, I love it. I still, I love teaching a little bit. I love helping friends out. I love playing. I think it'd be something with golf, either either a college golf coach or you know, a teaching pro somewhere. Mm -hmm. Life love coach it. to Larry Fitzgerald, which you are already. Good. Good. All right. This next one's tough. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of nervous to hear what you're going to say. <laughs> you got to bet your life on a match. You got to pick Larry Fitzgerald or Brian Urlacher to save your life. They're playing head to head. Who's going to win? Or first off, who are you going to take to win? Mm. Sorry, your life. I'll tell you what. Life. Both those guys, if they've got like an eight footer to make a few bucks or to save a few bucks, they both probably yeah, make well, it. This is about like your they life, are not a both, few bucks. They are both ballers. Um, You're going to hurt some feelings. I know. In this one. I know. Oh, and I got. Gosh. I got to know. This is going to test uh, his political skills for that. I would job. say. I would say I'll go with Brian. Oh, Larry. I'm sorry, Larry. I'm sorry, Larry. I know. Larry is looking for a new partner. We just drove a wedge in between the dynasty right here, dude. Well, you know, I played with Brian the other day, and I just – I kind of felt bad. It's one of those days you just take so much money off somebody. Just, <laughs> I kind of felt bad, so – so you're gonna throw him a little props, bone, little, yeah, yeah. Know. Wow. So Kevin Stroman picks Brian Urlacher to save his life. <laughs> that will definitely be the headline for this show, right there. <laughs> and we're gonna make sure Larry sees that. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna text great. him right after this, yep. actually. All right. Next question. Back to basketball. All-time Duke starting five. Oh, you're the coach. Go. On. Christian Leitner. Check. Bobby Hurley. Check. Okay. Since the team's only there a year, but gosh, Corey Maggette was good, but I. So you gotta go your, Shane Batty. He's my boy. Yeah, that's your dog. You gotta go Shane. Play a little D out there. Yeah. Grant Hill. Mm -hmm. Um. Is Jason Williams getting thrown on the bench? No. Is Reddick not gonna to make this squad? Yeah, I don't dude? think Reddick. I'm sorry, dude. I mean, he's that's, a great dude. That hurts. I go J. I'm Will. A big Reddick J. Guy. Will in uh, college prime was unstoppable. Yeah. 
You're not gonna. I thought Zion might get thrown in the mix. Oh, dude. He's only a one and done though. You got so just, many guys, it's hard to choose. Yeah, dude. You could have a. You could have a three deep on that. You have fifteen. I tell you, I I truly, I I get that they have to do it. Like the, they're that talented, they're able to go to the NBA. It's the amount of money they can't pass up. But it's a shame of what college basketball used to be. Yeah, to what it is now. And now with like the G League or whatever, kids are just skipping college. Like yeah. we won't like two years from now, Zion wouldn't have even probably gone to Duke. He'll right. go to G League, make half yeah, a million, I've, and then go straight to the league. Be yeah. number one that pick. top recruit. Yeah, two of them already have guaranteed half a million to go play. The top two kids, UCLA kid, another kid already committed. I mean, they're gonna go play college for free, and people are gonna make a lot of money off me. I'm gonna go play. I'm not sure they're going anywhere in college for free. Except at Duke, where they're they're the one program that doesn't cheat. Never do that. You guys are just the 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 gold standard. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, did it? Did you kind of enjoy how much UNC was struggling this year? Absolutely, oh, yeah. I knew you would. They were terrible. See, this shirt is close to UNC yeah. blue, though. Yeah, I'm surprised blue. you even have it's a shade electric. that light in your wardrobe. I wore it for things that aren't as <laughs> as <big>. important, <laughs> <laughs> like podcast. Yeah. yeah, perfect. All right, number eight. Who would make a better PGA Tour commissioner, Pat Perez or John Daly? <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um. Wow, I go JD. Ah, oh, love mm-hmm. it. Eat shit, Pat. Yeah, take it, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, you can't run anything. Pat will never be in charge of anything, dude. <laughs> Nothing. He can't even run his own house. He's no, not he's gonna definitely run the not running yeah. tour. <laughs> the only thing he's running is his shoe closet. That is it. That's where nice the line closet. is drawn. Shoe closet. I love that. Now. JD for commissioner. Perfect. That's a tour I want to be a part of. I might come out and start trying again to get back and work my you way should. out on the JD tour. You should. Oh, that would be incredible. All right, here we go. Last question. Favorite celebrity you've ever met at Pebble Beach not named Larry Fitzgerald? Mark Wahlberg. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Mark yeah. and Mark. That where- was a cool story. I mean, most down-to-earth, cool dude ever. He's got, of course, his full entourage uh-huh. with him. I'll never, we tee off at uh, number one at Monterey Peninsula. We go down the hill. All of a sudden, a few more of his entourage are walking in the fairway. We get to the third hole, and there's like 15 of his entourage just like hanging out, got his arm around us. Like Johnny, the real Johnny Drama's yeah, got turtles his turtles. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, everybody's there, and everyone's laughing. And I remember a rules official comes up, and he's like, Strills, what is going on? <laughs> like none of these people could be in, could be in the fairway, but – it's so much fun. Actually, we started Mark talking. Wahlberg, they can all be. Yeah, yeah, yeah he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants. But it was probably one of the cooler uh, evenings. He goes, dude, what are you doing for dinner tonight? And Courtney wasn't in town. I was by myself. I was like, I got nothing. He's like, well, come to Pebble, that restaurant that overlooks 18. He's like, I got a room, which means pretty much had the whole place rented out. We, we show up. Me and AJ showed up. And there was a, a seat next to Mark. He's like, dude, come on. And, and we were talking about wine earlier. Lady brings over a bottle of Screaming Eagle. Mm. And I sat there and drank a bottle of Screaming Eagle with Mark Wahlberg. And I was like, this is friggin' that's, pretty nice. This cool. is pretty cool. That's when it hits home. That I've was, made it. Well, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm, I was like, you're not negotiating. I'm happy to hear it. Six room <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a long way from that yeah. Honda you were driving all well, over the U.S. Or Nissan Altima, yeah. yeah, Nissan Altima. Yeah. Shout out Nissan. I'm happy to hear that uh, <laughs> Wahlberg's cool, like, oh, dude, cool dude. Because everyone loves, like, he seems like the coolest dude ever in all the roles he plays. But, like, in real life, what's he like? I'm glad to hear he's like, down to earth. Kid dude from that'll Boston, just hang. Just, yep, he gets it. Dude, same thing. So I was we we're at Sony Open this year, and I was with Justin Thomas, and he's like, "Hey, you want to go to dinner? Uh, we're gonna meet Wahlberg and his people." And I'm like, "No, I'm busy. <laughs> no, nah, dude, I got room service. I'm gonna go eat Perez and some his. I'm gonna go eat Perez and H. Sorry, don't worry about it." So I go. We show up. We go to Nobu there in Honolulu, and we get there first, and we're like, "We're here to meet Mark Wahlberg." We're the first ones there, and they're like, they "Pull right. back this screen." 
and you go back in this this back room and all this. But same thing, he brought like six guys, and it was the coolest. The first time I've ever like not talked for a whole dinner. I just sat there and yeah. just listened. Like he he was the coolest dude yep. in the room, and he's just a guy. I mean, I just rewatched the whole series of Entourage for the third yes. time. I mean, and can't, can't get enough so good. in thirteen hours. Yeah, fifteen. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. it was great. That's cool. That's a good one. I yeah. like I like hearing that he's a good dude. Yeah, great guy. That's and speaking awesome. of good dudes, you're a good dude, and thank you for taking uh, the time guys, to do this. We got some good stories out of this, dude. We got some dirt on Erlacher, Larry, everybody. Can't wait to see the, the video of Larry in that drive yeah, at Spyglass, that, which that, that should put to bed any handy, uh, sandbagging rumors. I, I would think it, it should. Good. It As it should it be. Erlacher's going to save your life against Larry Fitzgerald. That's Maybe true. we'll make that, this happen one day. We'll see. That could hurt. And by the way, Ryan's caddying for me in the Scottsdale Open next week. Well, I was. About oh, to, y'all are about to go head to head. I was about Are to you bring that oh, up? Dude. I was about to say. By the way, I will see you next week at the Scottsdale Open at Scottsdale Talking Open, Stick Talking Resort. Stick. Oh, dude, my gonna, first Jicky Jack. We're gonna have a lot to talk. He doesn't even know what the Jicks are like. He'll I'm freak nervous. out. He'll freak out. Dude, when you play with a guy that's shooting 86 and still doing a three-minute pre-shot routine, you're not gonna know what to do, dude. You don't know what it's like out there in the streets. Well, hopefully they make us part of the primetime pairing for TV and yeah. everything. I'll know? be out there. Li- I'm gonna need a live interview from you. I'm gonna need a li- 100% live interview from you. I'll, I'll say show. no to you. I'm gonna need the pulse of the of the players. Awesome. We'll be there. The pulse. Well, Kevin Streelman, man, you were awesome. We really appreciate oh, it. Thanks for awesome. joining us on Golf Sub. Anytime, anytime. Thank you. Got it. And that was two-time PGA Tour winner Kevin Streelman joining us on the program. So, please give give me what you thought about Kevin's interview, dude. It was great. Had some great stories. You and I have gotten to know him pretty well uh, over the years. One story we didn't get into that not a ton of people know: when he was still chasing the dream, right? He was out there on the mini tours, which he did for six, seven years. He was actually caddying at Whisper Rock. He was a caddy out there. Fast forward later that year, got through Q School, got his tour card. A year later, he was asked to join the club by the owner Greg Trias, and that same year he won the club championship. So he went from caddying at the club to member club champion in one year and i know that's like we didn't get into that story but pretty cool story for a guy that you know spent as long as he did chasing it to to have that happen yeah he's such a good player i mean kept his card 12 straight years and just such a good dude awesome interview has great stories his friendship with larry fitzgerald's awesome i cannot wait to hear how larry is going to react when Kevin picked Erlacher to save his life over Larry. I think Larry. we may have inadvertently created a little beef there. We may have just driven a wedge in between a, a, a budding dynasty right there. So it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. I will definitely <laughs> be there for that match. Would love love to watch That's it. That's pay-per-view. I think Brian's a little lower handicap, but I think under the circumstances, it could be a hell of a match. Yeah, and give Larry like a couple more weeks of playing. He's playing 22 hours a day right now. It could be, it could be pretty competitive. Well, that'll do it for this week's Golf Subpar. But next week, everyone get ready, because Slee's who we bringing in the building. Grab your popcorn. We're coming off the heels of John Daly, Kevin Streelman. We're going for another one of the most outspoken athletes in the world. Sir Charles Barkley will be in the building on property coming up next week. Dude, this one's got potential to be all time. I cannot wait. It's going to be incredible. Everybody stay tuned, because it could get very interesting with the one and only Charles Barkley. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.